This is a Be Good Indie Arts podcast. Follow us at BGI Arts to learn more. Chatterboxing is a unique show and may not always be for everyone. With varying themes and subject matter each episode, listener discretion is advised, and content warnings can be found in the episode description. Thanks. Unless this is your first time, welcome back to Chatterboxing, the miscellaneous podcast where your host takes four months off for no explicit reason. And also the miscellaneous podcast where your host offers you nothing more than entertaining stories, engaging conversations, and, of course, an ever-changing premise. I'm independent artist and incessant conversationalist Jesse Bloodgood, and BGI Arts has signed us on for another 10 episodes. That's right, it's good to be back. Let's chat. So I like to talk, hope you like to listen, cause I ain't gonna stop, I'm a man on a mission, it's Chatterboxing Yeah, it's Chatterboxing Well, that's right, you heard it here first, and literally only here, absolutely nowhere else. It's official. The big wigs at BGI Arts just cannot get enough. We are raking in listeners. Our international audience is larger or as large as it has ever been. One of the two. Sponsorships are booming. We had to turn down an offer from PepsiCo because we were already in a deal with Coca-Cola. Okay, enough goofing around. All fake signings and sponsorships aside, it is so good to be back. It is just so fucking good to be back. And I apologize for both the language and the weight. I took some time off the beginning of the year as I was zeroed in on other projects. uh, And just, it got to be a little overwhelming trying to keep up with this thing and doing a bunch of other stuff. And honestly, uh, I missed it. I missed it so much. And if this is your first time listening, very cool. Awesome. I encourage you to go back and check out the other, you know, the previous episodes, but you don't need to in order to enjoy this. Uh, yes, I was taking some time off, and so I begin with an apology. But to be clear, this is not exactly an apology to anyone for me falling off and not posting new episodes since last year. Though I do have some remorse for not keeping you entertained if you are legitimately enjoying the podcast. I'm very grateful for your listenership. I listen to four or five podcasts on a weekly basis myself. They get me by each week. I love to have entertainment in my ear rather than in my face. So I get it. Podcasts, especially good great content is uh it's good to have it consistently and if you found that you were missing that from me uh i'm both flattered and yeah okay i'm sorry you know i wish that i could have kept up with it but this is rather an apology to myself for spending the last four months breathing down my own neck and stressing out over the fact that i wasn't recording as i said before i've had a lot of other things going on and it was good to just take a break i should have uh done so more gracefully gracefully I should have said that line just now more gracefully. But uh, either way, I'm going to leave that in. And also, I can't change the past. I was just recording episodes and then stopped. Uh, So had I not done it that way, I would have felt a lot less guilty the last few months because I felt like I was slacking. Uh, But it was good to take a break. I digress. We're back. BGI Arts and Anchor, they couldn't do this without us. That's our opening chat. It felt so good to knock that out. And now it's time. For the real good stuff, the stuff we've all been waiting for, let's get back in the swing of things with everybody's favorite chatterboxing segment. The OG, can I get story timing? Come on, let's hear it. Story timing. 
My maternal grandparents lived in a beautiful house on a hill in a remote valley in the middle of nowhere, New York. The driveway spun like a dirt road corkscrew up toward the house. People tell me I say toward weird. Anyway, the house itself sat on a flat strip with a medium-sized yard behind it, seemingly contained by an old barn that followed up the rear, but pathways in multiple directions led for acres further up the hill into a long stretch of woods. The yard that traced the path of the driveway was lined with evergreens, and a sharp slope, maybe 10 to 15 yards in total, cut down toward the driveway entrance, which was parallel with the home at the top of the hill. The structure sat on the plateau in majestic fashion, providing a boring but simultaneously breathtaking view over the valley. The place was perfect for short, high-speed sledding, king of the hill, and other breakneck yard games. It was not so good for playing football, what with its weird dimensions and uneven ground, but we'll get to that. To give a less poetic and probably easier to understand description of the place, essentially, it was a terraced property in rural New York. And to be absolutely and 100% clear on what I just said, I said terraced, not terrorist. And suddenly, the FBI agent that listens to this podcast just went back to sleep. You can imagine the stories that my mother would tell being the youngest of five children growing up on this property. You can also, as well as I, imagine the stories that she doesn't tell. But one can be certain when a group of five kids and their friends growing up in a place where it happens to snow a lot or where it gets real nice and warm and you just want to ride around on your bike or your skateboard in a place where there's nothing to fucking do and everything goes downhill. So you can imagine, a lot of stories end with bumps, bruises, broken arms. And if you get queasy listening to those types of stories, don't worry. Good news. So do I. So I will not be telling any of those stories right now. But I did feel like I needed to give some kind of, you know, shout out. I need to pay a little bit of homage to homage. I don't, I don't, only do fromage. I don't know what the fuck. Is it homage, homage? Someone, someone correct me. Email chatterboxing pod at gmail.com. This was the proving grounds for my mother and her siblings when they were kids, so I felt I should give a shout out. However, the story I'm going to tell you is about a time during a hot, hot summer when my brother and I happened to have the property to ourselves. Now, in my humble opinion, this place is twice as beautiful and twice as dangerous in the wintertime. Not far off from Greek Peak, the ski resort, if you're familiar. It's a place that's not easy to reach when it's snowy, especially because of the driveway situation. However, as I said before, my brother Ben and I weren't here during the winter. So while we didn't get to enjoy the snowy, mist peak valley type view, shout out Fable 3, that we could have been provided if it had been in the winter months, uh, we did get to enjoy the terrain, using it as, you know, one might use it if it's not snowing outside. Now, we weren't going to be playing King of the Hill. There's only two of us. If you're familiar with King of the Hill, if you're not, sorry, if you're not familiar, uh, basically it's a game where one person stands on top of some kind of hill or uh, mount, and everyone else needs to get up on top of it. And uh, that person who's on top needs to prevent everyone else from getting on top. 
Uh, there's a variety of ways to play this game. Uh, I think there might be like a, you know, like just like a paintball version. You know, everyone's got like a paintball gun. If you get if you get hit, then you got to go back to them. I don't know. Uh, but the the most fundamental way of playing this is basically you just grab people and throw them uh, off off of whatever hill or mount they're trying to gain uh, stature upon. Now. We couldn't do that. There's only two of us, and that wouldn't really be either of our cup of tea anyway. We weren't going to sled because it wasn't winter, as I said before. Uh, in fact, what we were going to do, because it was summer, well, first off, we got to have a campfire. We got to have s'mores, right? We got to cook out. Now, I should backpedal. I should backpedal and explain to you why in the world it was just the two of us. Uh, him and his um, later teens, me and my early teens, just frickin' hanging out by ourselves. We were, quote-unquote, watching over the property as my grandparents were out in the Midwest for a cousin's, one of our cousin's wedding, and we happened to not be going. We took the opportunity as young musicians, we, our band and our depiction, check it out, yeah, 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 go, go take a look. Um, go take a listen. We were interested in this opportunity to house it and dog sit because, oh, what better a place to find inspiration for a young musician? You're out in what is essentially the wilderness. You've got this great view. You're on top of the world, and you can just get in touch with your musical side and occasionally let the dogs out to take a shit. Is that not ideal? Is that not what we all want? So we took the gig, no questions asked. I don't. I think we might have been paid, which is ridiculous. We shouldn't have been, but I think we might have been. So we had some pretty productive moments where we were working on music together, writing. You know, we're just these young songwriters kind of learning our craft, and we wrote some good music, and we practiced some stuff for live shows, covers, and stuff like that. But we also were like, we should just go outside, hang out, have a campfire. Let's make some s'mores, man. Let's cook some dogs up. Not not the dogs we were watching. Hot dogs, uh, to be clear. So we went to the nearest uh, city we could find that had a Walmart. And we bought hot dogs and, and hamburgers and all this stuff. Uh, skewers. Like these metal skewers. Uh, and, and we... We bought these ridiculous fucking cowboy hats. And if you know either of us personally, uh, I guess they weren't, they weren't really cowboy. They were kind of these wicker, weird kind of gardening, sort of like bayou vibes. It's really hard to read what these hats were intended for. They were not meant for us. But we decided that they were meant for us. And so we purchased those, and we were just ready to have a campfire. The only The only issue is... We didn't have a fire pit. Now, a little history lesson on my grandparents' property. They used to have, they used to have a nice, uh, like a stone slab lined fire pit just off the back deck. There's a, there's a deck in the back, very small deck. Just off that was this nice fire pit. And in years past, we even had, uh, you know, campfires uh, on the lo- a lower terrace down below, uh, on the yard that was lined with the aforementioned evergreen trees, just next to the driveway entrance. Now, never, 
Never in all of my memory. This might have happened before my time, but never in all of my memory did anyone just decide to take a shovel and dig up a giant pit in the backyard when grandma and grandpa weren't there, gather a bunch of twigs, wood, whatever you could find, and make a giant bonfire in the backyard. I don't think, I do not think before Benjamin and I happened to get the idea that that was okay without permission, that that had happened. I don't know that there was a precedent for this. So you know the next part of the story. My brother and I decided to take a shovel and dig a giant pit in the backyard. It was safe. It was a very well-made fire pit. We got stones, uh, you know, these, these big rocks we could find and lined, you know, the, the outside of it. And it was, you know, just as good as the old slab fireplace, only fucking ugly as hell and perfect. Perfect for a couple of teenagers to roast up some food, play some music, uh, just have the time of their lives. And wear ridiculous wicker bayou, not cowboy hats. So that's what we did. Us city slickers uh, from a small suburban town decided, you know what? We're bored. The view's great. Music's great. But, you know, we just got to do something spicy. We got to do something fun. So we, oh, we, had, we made this fire. And we also were like, okay, wake up next morning. We had a good time. Let's just get the fire going again. Let's have it all day. This should be an all-day thing. All-day bonfire. Say it with me. All-day all day bonfire. bonfire. You guys are great. And so we did that, and also we had this football. Uh, ben had bought an NFL authentic football. NFL Not cheap. Fo- oh. uh, hurts like a motherfucker if you get hit with it because it's pretty hard. Uh, real authentic leather. And also feels really cool to like just catch and throw around and... That, that was my interpretation as a teenager. as like, oh, this is the real deal, right? So we're like, oh, yeah, we're just fucking training, camping it up right now. We're just going to be throwing the ball around, just having a, a grand old time. Uh, for some reason, in the midday August heat, fucking 80, 90-degree weather, we have got a roaring bonfire going. It is bonfire. spectacular and completely unnecessary. Shame on us for the carbon emissions. Uh, shame on us for the dehydration. Just no good reason to have this thing go. We weren't even cooking on it. It was just this massive thing. And so that is in the backyard behind the house. So that is between the house and the barn. And don't worry, this story does not end with anything getting burnt down. Other than maybe my pride a little bit. But no, no there's nothing, no structure fire, nothing like that. So do not, do not fret. But I give you that description because the terrace just above that, it starts just before the barn, and it ends just in front of the house. It is just the most unnecessary path I've ever seen, probably about six to seven feet above with trees in the slope. So you've got like two or three rather rather decently sized trees just lining this slope. Uh, and But there's, there's a bunch of peak holes you can see from that terrace. The terrace is probably four or five feet, maybe a little bit more wide. So it's just a random walkway just above where the house is. And and so we were kind of using that with these trees in the way as goalposts. We're kicking the ball. To avoid losing the ball, one of us would go up there and catch it so it wouldn't go into the next, the next thicket of trees and bushes. 
which would then lead on into the acres and acres of forest above. Now, if you don't mind me cutting myself off, I will just, I mean, as much as you love to hear me talk, right? I will just say that, yeah, the last little bit of story timing I was just administering to you was a little bit off the cuff, a little unprepared. Uh, It was straight from my memory. Uh, It was just kind of me talking and talking. And you know what? Sometimes it's good to have a story where you just go off the cuff, where you just sort of create as you go. And you know what? There's a podcast for that. Go check out Stories on the Spot. That's the storytelling podcast where two brothers, oh, Ben and Jesse, yes, that's us, where we make up stories on the fly for your entertainment and primarily our embarrassment. Uh, You can find it where you found this podcast and actually you can find it other places where you don't find this podcast because... Well, I'm not going to get into the details. Uh, it'll just piss me off. But anyway, yes, this pocket, that podcast is actually more attainable than this one. So please go check that one out. And uh, I don't do ads on this show, so that was my ad. Anyway, back to the thing. Amidst the trees, goalposts that lined the space between Terrace 2, which had the home and the yard and the giant roaring campfire and the old barn... And then Terrace 3, which was the pathway. There was not just trees, but also a statue of the Virgin Mary. And I remember one morning walking out and looking through the trees, seeing the light cast down upon this statue and thinking, that's artistic as fuck. This next thing that happened, it was kind of artistic too. Honestly, it should bring a tear to your eye. It should make you think, That was brilliant. That's just one of those moments where nature is just, I mean, it's just looking out for you. It's just, it's just rubbing your neck. It's just thinking, hey, you know what? You've had a long, you've had a long day. You've had a, you've had a couple of weeks going on here, huh? It's been a couple of months. Your, your whole thing has just been, oof. You need just a nice view. You just need to see something great and just remember, you know, there's a lot more. There's a lot more to the, to the world. There's a lot more to life. We started throwing the ball back and forth. Ben up on top of Terrace 3, that pathway aforementioned, whizzing balls past Virgin Mary's head. And that was a weird sentence, and I didn't mean it to be. And I really want to cut that out. But you know what? Sometimes you just make an ass of yourself, and you just got to keep going. And that's actually what happens in this story. So Ben up there throwing the ball down to me and me catching it and throwing it back up. Uh, And I'm sure there was a few times when we were uh, throwing the ball and worried about breaking a window. Guess what? No structure fire, no broken window. Okay? So we're on a roll. But Ben happened to throw a ball down to me in the yard. Also, no one gets burned, so don't worry. I don't, I don't like, fucking fall into the fire or anything. That'd be horrible. But, yeah, so that doesn't happen either. Ben threw a ball that was just too low. And even the most incredible shoestring catch would have been unlikely. Nevertheless, us both sweating in the August heat, observed as the pass, though short, was accurate. Ben's throw matched my strides perfectly, and just too perfectly. As I sprinted across the yard, tracking the ball and then lunging forward unsuccessfully, the ball hit the ground directly beneath my feet. My leading foot, rather than stepping on the bumpy yard, pressed down on the football. 
I felt my weight balance on the ball as I continued to run, and I reverse treadmilled the football, causing it to spin forward, meeting my opposite foot on my next step. So imagine, if you will, a sweaty, idiotic teen, effectively log running on a football, on accident, for a legitimate three to four paces before finally catching his footing and escaping certain somersaulting to the ground. And perhaps my landing spot might have been a giant pile of dog shit. A great way to ruin an all-day bonfire. After the death-defying ride, my brother and I erupted in laughter. If I could balance myself like that on purpose, akin to Adventure Time's James Baxter... Wait, sorry. James Baxter! That was awful. But yeah, you'll get it if you get it. Then I might have considered a career in the circus. But I was out there to learn how to be a songwriter, remember? Oh. And to look after the dogs. My grandfather's beloved dog, Coco, was a pain in the ass. Mostly we just let the dogs out and they did their business and then they came back from the yard. It's a pretty small yard. You know, pissing and shitting around the campfire. And don't worry, no, this story doesn't end with anyone getting hurt by the campfire. Uh, Other than maybe, like, a little disgruntled about it later. But we'll get to that, and you probably know that that's where the story ends. But, to be fair, no, no, the dogs did not get injured. I mean, as an aside, I have a general life code. Dogs are better than people, so I would never make a story about that. However, Coco decided... I don't know what she decided. Maybe she decided she missed Grandpa. Maybe she decided, eh, these guys aren't paying attention. I'm just going to walk down Terrace 2 down to Terrace 1. That happens to be where the driveway ends. And, oh, there's a not major highway, but a pretty decently active road. I'll cross that, too. No, dog didn't get, and no one gets hurt in this story. Dog goes across the road and is just gone. Just hanging out in some far-off neighbor. This is a pretty sizable valley. And Dog's just like, woo. Coco's just like, yeah, doing my thing. And Ben and I are like, where's Coco? My grandfather happened to have a pair of binoculars. I don't know what they were for. Maybe it was to spy on the neighbors. Maybe it was to look at birds. But pretty easily with the binoculars, you could see that Coco was well off into the valley. And it took, I don't know if it was ham or bacon or something, but it took a lot of human food to convince that dog to come back. What if she hadn't come back? It got Ben and I thinking. What did we get ourselves into? Maybe we shouldn't have dug a fire pit in the backyard. We stayed up late the last night to watch the first openly gay football player get drafted to the NFL. A cool concept that appeared all too scripted. As he was drafted late, and rounds where the analysts are no longer focused on what's going on on stage. Because there is no stage, really. They just announce who's been drafted, and you go quickly, pick after pick, round by round, until suddenly the thing is over. Because the analysts are too busy discussing what happened literally the day before. So it was unusual, and perhaps uncalled for, when suddenly we were no longer watching them talk about draft day one. Instead... The camera cut to a quick shot of Roger Goodell coming out to announce the draft 
of Michael Sam. The pomp and circumstance for this late drafted player cheapened what should have been a championing moment for how ordinary and regular it ought to be. It shouldn't have been a big deal. It was a big deal, but it shouldn't have been a big deal. But ESPN had to make a positive reality, reality TV. For some reason, that moment stuck with me and just left a sour taste in my mouth. And I find as I get older and as I get more and more tired, I often become a lot more cynical. And I suppose it's up to me to keep that reality, or lack thereof, in check. But being an independent songwriter in a small town, it's really easy to get jaded about everything, which is just stupid. The truth is, if you're doing something special, it's good to not think about the stage, because sometimes that stage can feel staged, or it can feel staged against you. Or there's no stage at all. Just you and your brother on Terrace 2, writing music around an all-day bonfire. I don't remember what songs we worked on, or if any of it was even all that good. I just know we had a good time. And it's a time I'll never forget. I also know that the hat that I had happened to be used as a fishing net later in life. Covered in catfish blood and guts, that hat was useless. But the fish tasted pretty good, and I went out and bought a duplicate hat within a month. Some memories just stick, and you got to keep living them, or chasing them. And as far as memory goes, I don't ever remember watching anything in the way of political news on my grandfather's television set those few days we were out there. But the story goes that my grandfather called my father upon returning home. He was not happy about the campfire. They were very upset. We were scolded, but we got away with it. However, my grandfather said to my father, my grandfather being a pretty conservative man, and my father not so much. He said to him, there's one other thing. Your kids broke my TV because I could have sworn I left it on Fox News. And I get back and it's on CNN. Looks like the fire pit didn't put him in that bad of a That's story time. Our final chat for today is just a bit of a roadmap. I'm excited to be podcasting again and making new chatterboxing content. And the plan for now, well, we're just going to call that four-month hiatus a mid-season break. And I'm aiming for ten more consistent episodes to wrap up the season. Then we'll take a short break and see if BGI Arts brings us back for a season two. Wink, wink. In the meantime, please feel free to share this podcast with your friends and associates. I really appreciate it, honestly, and I guess there's like a way you can uh, rate the podcast on Spotify. If you can just give me five stars or anything, I'd love five. That'd be great. No, seriously, I really do appreciate you listening and uh, waiting for these new episodes or for jumping on if you haven't heard anything yet. Uh, And those reviews and these listens, just all of this, Uh, goes a long way into keeping me feeling amplified and and wanting to continue doing this. 
because although it is therapeutic and it's fun as hell, uh, it can be a little bit weighty on me when, you know, I just feel like no one's listening. And I know that's, that's not the truth. I've spoken with a few of you about this, uh, about these episodes, and I've just heard through other people actually talking about how, oh, yeah, this person listened to this. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And that is just so exciting for me. And just every one of those experiences just sends me over the moon. And so I really thank you. Uh, you can email us with, I say us, you know, it's me, but you can email us with your suggestions for the show, uh, ideas, maybe things I could talk about. You know, this is a show with an ever-changing premise, uh, within reason. And to that point, you email your questions about whatever, within reason, and recipes that use bacon at chatterboxingpod at gmail.com. We'll see you next time for another chat. And let me tell you, I can't wait. This is a Be Good Indie Arts podcast. Follow us at BGI Arts to learn more.